Hey, I'm Cassie Mendoza-Jones. I am the author of Aligned and Unstoppable, a business alignment coach and anesiologist, and this is the Primal Alternative Podcast. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings Primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making Primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. When you have any kind of health transformation, you know the type where you suddenly don't have that brain fog anymore, you don't have that head-to-toe discomfort in your body, or well, at least most of it's alleviated at least, and then you've suddenly got this energy, whereas before you found it was a bit of a struggle to get out of bed, and then you'd be falling asleep midday, and now you've got this like even day energy that goes all day long. Hello, welcome to fat burning land and au revoir to the sugar roller coaster and all of the amazing healing that comes from living a primal lifestyle, eating plants and animals, spending time in nature, prioritizing sleep and connection and sunshine. What happens after that? Oh my goodness. You just feel this deep sense of connection which can often lead to discovering a purpose in your life um, and actually having the courage and energy and clarity and guidance to actually go out and do something about it instead of it just being one of those, oh, one day it would be nice to do insert passion project, right? Well, That's why I'm so super stoked to not just be talking about food all the time, (laughs) but a little bit like life after you've nailed the food, life after you've gone low tox, life after you started hanging around with high vibrational friends and you've ditched the toxic sisters, right? (laughs) Are you with me? So I was so stoked when Hay House got in touch with me and said, would you like to write a book for us? No, they didn't. When Hay House got, (laughs) I don't want to write a book. When Hay House do I? I don't think so. When Hay House got in touch with their, one of their new authors, Cassie Mendoza-Jones, with her amazing new book, Aligned and Unstoppable, I was like, you, you had me aligned and unstoppable. When can she be on the show? Um, because Cassie just talks about all the things that I'm so into. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to align yourself to your most thriving work, um, your most thriving life. It doesn't have to be a business or a job or a career, but just your most aligned path, your most aligned purpose, and how to deepen your self-belief while releasing comparison, fear, and mindset blocks, and how you to do the work that lights you up without the fear from Lizzie from 1985 who still follows you on Facebook. and how to back yourself and your work no matter what form it's in and how you can cultivate your personal power 
to help you work towards your dreams. And we're going to talk about so much more, including what an author who is with Hay House has for breakfast and what Cassie's take is on alcohol, coffee, and chocolate. Now, Cassie Mendoza-Jones is the best-selling author of You Are Enough. Oh my goodness, aren't I always saying that? You are enough. (laughs) She's written a book on it. She's the perfect guest. She's also written a book called It's All Good, She Must Be Aussie, and Aligned and Unstoppable. And she is the creator of Love What You Create Workshop. She's also a kinesiologist, business alignment coach, a naturopath, writer, and speaker. She works with women and entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, and creatives who are driven, devoted, and honoring their dreams and who want to become more powerfully aligned to their bigger vision, clear away perfectionism because, yo, it doesn't exist, procrastination and overwhelm, and create their own, their own version of a beautiful and aligned business and life. And this is a big takeaway from today's episode is that my version of success is different to what Cassie's version of success is and it's different to what yours is and what that chick on Instagram was posting. So creating your own vision of success or your own vision of how you want your life to look is pretty much one of the first steps to take because what's right for you is might not be right for the next person. We're all so unique. We're all so different. We're all just here to give our own unique expression to the world. So why not you and why not now, sister? Now, through writing her um, books and her online courses, her workshops, her meditations, her private coaching and social media presence, she supports women in clearing their blocks, aligning their energy and increasing their clarity and confidence. Now you can meet Cassie and get ready to create more freedom and harmony in your life and your business by visiting her website, which is www.cassiemendozajones.com. So that's C-A-S-S-I-E-M-E-N-D-O-Z-A-J-O-N-E-S.com. And you can also find her at Cassie Mendoza Jones on Facebook and Instagram. So be sure to go and follow her there. I'm so stoked to be sending out some beautiful primal alternative goodies to Cassie because I hope she loves them. Being a naturopath and nutritionist, I'm sure she'll be vibing with the primal alternative energy. And if you are wanting to uh, explore our product range, if you're on a grain-free, clean living way of life, whether you're vegan or you're low carb or you're gaps, check out our range at primalalternative.com. We take the deprivation of grain-free eating with our breads, pizza bases, cookies, wraps, bagels, packet mixes, pancakes, you name it, all the things that you want to keep in your life, but to have them super nutrient-dense and delicious, not tasting like cardboard, then we've got you covered. Now, Primal Alternative is different. We are not made in a factory. We're homemade with love by a primalista, which is the name for a primal alternative producer in your area. And our products are locally made with local ingredients and packaged in biodegradable cellophane bags. How cool is that? It's so cool. And primal alternative has been a bit of a hit, to be honest. And um, Pete Evans loves what we're doing. 
and we now make a nut hemp bread and a nut hemp wraps with Pete. Yay, so amazed and stoked and proud to work with the amazing chef Pete Evans. We also work with Quirky Cooking, and I love Quirky Cooking. Quirky Cooking was my go-to cookbook when I first ditched uh, gluten and grains and dairy and didn't know what the hell to cook. <laughs> so big shout out to Jojo Lifesaver, Jo Witten from Quirky Cooking. Saved my life with her amazing cookbooks of food that actually tastes nice, which is um, certainly something to explore when you first get into this way of life. And so honored to bring Quirky Cooking's grain-free pastry in a ready-made form to you. And we also make the Quirky Cooking macadamia and currant shortbread, which are just divine, especially with a nice big mug of tea in that reading nook that Cassie's going to tell you about in a minute. Now, if you want to become a primal alternative producer, maybe your passion is food. Maybe you want to get out and serve others in your community by providing them with home-cooked, nutrient-dense, primal alternatives to the food that they love. I'd love to hear from you because I really do need more producers, especially in Australia and New Zealand. We're also expanding into the UK and the US. So if you're in any of those places, I'd love to hear from you. We have got customers that are looking for more primal alternatives in their farmer's markets, health food shops, cafes, you name it, anywhere where there's food, um, primal alternative needs to be there. So head to primalalternative.com to find out about our range, explore our products, and also how you can buy our products and of course, how to become a Primal Alternative producer. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Primal Alternative podcast. It is a delight to have you here. Each year, I'm not a big numbers person, but each year I look at my podcast stats and the numbers double, which is amazing. So thanks for telling everyone about the Primal Alternative podcast. Um, we're on to episode, we're in the 80s, it's episode 81 blows my mind. It's so cool. And I love doing what I do. I love getting free books from Hay House, amazing books from incredible authors like Cassie, who are 100% speaking my language. How to become aligned and unstoppable. Let's find out how by having a chat with gorgeous Cassie. Cassie, let's jump in with what you had for breakfast. So for breakfast, while I was making my daughter her breakfast, I had a beautiful piece of spelt sourdough with natural peanut butter and some honey. Yum. Oh, that sounds delicious. Now, before we get into everything aligned and unstoppable, I'd like to start with finding out what inspired you to write this book. So this book was inspired by, oh, so many things. Firstly, I ran some writing and creativity and business building workshops around Australia in 2017. And after I ran the first workshop, it was in Melbourne, I got back to my hotel and I sat on the bed and I burst into tears because I felt so happy with the day and happy with the fact that I had let myself do the work that truly lights me up. And I was just on, like I was felt high from the work that I was doing. And that's when the idea for the book started to kind of plant or seed itself in my mind. 
and it kind of just grew from there. So I ran those workshops, then I turned that workshop into an online course and and I just kept do, helping clients to clear away their fears, to call in what was next for their business, their writing, their creativity, uh, pivot on, you know, to shift to a different career path or business if they felt so called to. And, and then also coming up against blocks that my clients would face, but also that I would face. I could see how when stuff happens in our lives and businesses, how much it really hold us back. So I would work to clear that within myself and then uh, as so often happens, if I was working on something within myself, I would see it, it would be reflected back to me with client sessions that week. Mm. And so that's how the book really started a few years ago. And it would be amazing. I'd be writing a chapter on, say, um, say doing work that you might feel you're being judged for. And I would have a client session or I would receive an email from a client who was going through the exact same thing or had just gone through something similar. And it was so, and then I'd write a chapter about that. Or I'd say in real time, as I'm writing this chapter, I've received this email and I, I got some permission from some clients to actually include, you know, specific emails that I had received during the writing of the book. And it was just a wonderful experience and so many examples of, of real synchronicity. Uh, happened throughout the writing of the book. Don't you just love it when that happens? That's all just just shows, doesn't it, that you, you're on the right track and, and you're doing the right thing. And, and it, it, you just make it sound so easy. And I know that you've, um, you know, you've worked with many clients and you've written a book and you've held workshops and run seminars on, on how to get aligned and unstoppable. But where do we start? Where, what, where would you say the, the best sort of diving in place would be when the reality is for most of us, Cassie, you know, we've, we've got a family to look after. We've, we've got a job to go to. We're probably already feeling a little bit overwhelmed just with the day-to-day running of life. Of course. I, I, say, I say it in the book and I say it all the time and I say it to myself to, as a memo to self. I like to start where it feels big. And what, when I say that, what I mean is, what feels like you, there's actually the most resistance towards something. And sometimes resistance is, it tricks us. And we think that because we feel resistance towards something that we shouldn't be doing it, or we're not ready, or we're not ready yet, or we're not good enough, or we have to be perfect before, you know, something can happen and click into place for us. But uh, I really, truly believe, and I'm paraphrasing a quote from Stephen Pressfield, who is an incredible writer on the topic of resistance and productivity and doing the work. And he says that the more resistance we feel towards something, it actually correlates to how much love we feel towards that. And so the more resistance we have, the more love we have towards it. And the more we actually know that that is what we need for the evolution and growth of our soul. And so I think we have to look at what we're resisting the most. And sometimes that's really obvious and sometimes it's not so obvious at all, but I think that if you can find that and know that you don't have to be perfect to start because you'll never be perfect, sorry, <laughs> but none of us are, and we don't have to be perfect to be in alignment, which I think is such a myth that can, um, you know, we think that if we get a parking ticket or if we, if, I don't know, if we're not, if things aren't going exactly to plan or if we don't feel like we're completely in flow, then good things can't actually flow to us. And it's such a mindset block because all it does is it tells us that we're not ready yet. We'll never be ready. We need to do more. We need to be more. And it doesn't actually let us 
either celebrate where we are now or know that we are enough now or trust ourselves and trust our path. And so I think if you can find the resistance and then lean into that, you actually can move move everything forward in a way that is actually going to feel really, truly aligned with who you are and also with where you want to go. So when you say resistance, is that sort of like a fear around something? So say if you've had this dream, say like, like yourself for writing a book. So a lot of people say, oh, I've got this book inside of me. Or when, when somebody releases a book, they say, oh, I could do that. Or maybe it's a cookbook or maybe they want to start, I don't know, a, a business, any, anything. Um, maybe is, is, that, is that what you mean? So it's like you've got this dream, but you have a lot of resistance to it in terms of you keep coming up with reasons why now's not the best time, maybe next year maybe when I've got more time, maybe when I've got more money. Is, is that the kind of resistance that you mean? Yes, exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's making up, it's finding all the reasons why you shouldn't I mean, and you can't. And I mean, I get it. As you said, so many of us have families. Most of us have incredibly busy lives, uh, busy jobs. You know, sometimes it can feel really hard to carve out some time for yourself or you, I always joke uh, that, I've, so I've got a one-year-old and if I ever tell anyone her nap schedule and I'm like oh yeah she usually naps at this time to this time then I actually try to quickly take that back because then she just completely doesn't nap like that at all (laughs) so yesterday I thought I was going to have two nap times to do some work and she had a one nap day and I didn't get anything done (laughs) and so I get it that sometimes things go you know the plan changes and you feel like you don't have time for something but someone told me this years ago um, when they were talking about wanting to study a course and not knowing if they should do it because it was going to take a few years to do. And someone had said to them, the time will pass anyway. So that time spent, if you say to yourself, you know, I want to spend next year slowly writing a book and you don't do it, that year is going to pass whether or not you carve out the time to start working on your book or that year will pass whether or not you carve out the time to learn how to do a new skill or a new hobby or to start that business or that passion project or to pick up everything and move to a different city or country, that time will pass anyway. And then you'll look back and you might wonder, what if? What if I had done this? What if I had just decided that I was ready already and that I was enough? And I think that the resistance can pop up, as, as you said, as fear, uh, as perfectionism, as uh, overwhelm, as this just pervasive sense of non-enoughness. So you you can just constantly think that you have to do more, you have to study more, you have to be, you know, you've got to be readier, you have to have the, you think you've got to have the perfect website or the perfect Instagram account or, you know, people can come up with all kinds of excuses. Some, I've had clients tell me that they don't think they can run workshops because they think they're too short or like their hair isn't, you know, I don't know, blow dried enough. So there's all kinds of reasons why we think that we can't do something, but what I have found is that if you listen to your heart and we don't always do that because our minds are so busy, but if you come back to your body and you come back to that sense of that felt sense of what is going to make you feel like you are growing and expanding and moving forward, you will actually always know what to do and you will be able to carve out that time. Even if it's one hour a week and not a whole day a week, one hour a week will still add up and get you to where you want to be if you will only let yourself start. So we're talking here about life. We're talking about work, career, path, purpose, business, you know, not just about, you know, starting a business necessarily, is it? It's like anything, 
in anyone's life that they want to um, progress with and make change. So do you believe that we've all got this in us that we, you know, because sometimes you think, no, oh, it's all right for her. She's had this great idea to write this amazing book or oh, wow, she's with Hay House or oh, that's good, but that couldn't happen to me. Like it, it, has it got to be like a real high level of awesomeness or can it be something um, that seems sort of fairly simple? Like I'd like to start my own organic veggie patch. Can it, do we all have this in us and, um, is this, is this open to everybody? It's definitely open to everyone. And you, so, so I used to study, uh, I used to be a makeup artist and I studied um, for a year in Sydney and then I, I lived in Toronto, Canada and I studied there for six months. And the very first day at the first class, my lovely teacher looked around the classroom. There were about 30 of us and he said, there are 30 of you here. You're all going to graduate and you're all going to be doing makeup in the same field or, you know, a similar field, and you have to know and trust that there is always room at the top. And I've written that in, in the book because I've, I've never forgotten that. He said that to me in 2006 because there is always room at the top. And in the book I say the top is every level you reach when you do your best work. So when you have decided that you are going to put your all into your organic veggie patch and it's your passion, it's, you know, it feels like it's part of your purpose. You're going to put love into it. You're going to carve out time for it. And then you just feel so aligned with it and you create this beautiful little space where you grow these organic veggies. That is the top. That is you doing your best work. And I think that so often we get really trapped into an external uh, idea of success and comparison. And it stops us from looking within and asking us, wait, what is my version of the top? Maybe my version of the top is not... I don't know, so-and-so's version that I see on Instagram that looks glitzy and glamorous and gorgeous, but it's actually not for me. Maybe my version is a beautiful home where, you know, I have a cozy reading nook and I have big mugs of tea and I have my organic veggie patch. Maybe that is my version of the top. And that is the version of life that I want to be creating and aligning with. And then you have to know that that is, that is what is meant for you. And there's this beautiful quote that I, I talk about, I mentioned in the book, by Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor from you know many many years ago, and he wrote his Meditations, which are um, basically that he's like the father of Stoicism, and he writes in his Meditations. Um, he talks about oh, now I've lost the quote in my brain; it will come back. But he talks about how what is meant for you will not pass you. Oh, here it is: Love only what falls your way and is fated for you. What could suit you more than that? And I think when you know that you are making space to do what lights you up and you're not worrying about the fear of judgment and you're doing your best to either not compare yourself or to clear it away when you when it comes up, then you also get to trust that what is meant for you will not pass you. And it's such a, it's such a sigh of relief. It's just a breath of fresh air when you can think that way because you know that you're showing up for yourself and what you want to create in your business and your life and on your path and you're doing your best and what is meant for you will not will not not come to you, right? And it's a way of you just staying clear within yourself of what you're working towards and knowing that, you know, as you said, we all of us can become aligned and unstoppable in our own way and it doesn't mean that it's going to look like someone else's. And, in fact, when you're truly aligned with yourself, it most likely won't look like anyone else's because no one else knows what you really, really want. Yes, and nobody else can be you. Like there's only going to be ever one you and one expression of who you are in the world and I mean that's pretty 
phenomenal when you think of it like that. But we, you're right. Like I love how you um, talked about your own definition of success or our own definition of success is not necessarily, I mean, if we run with that organic veggie garden example, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be like that amazing person on Instagram who sells her excess organic veggies which she's got acres and acres of at the market, you know, farmer's market or yeah. the market gardens. Like it could just be, like you say, just a really cute, tiny little patch with enough food to feed your family. And then you've got that just sort of lovely little reading nook and your big mugs of tea. Yeah. And, and, and it's about that working out what you want and following the work that lights you up. So I guess what we're talking about so far is part one of your book, which is the inner work that we need to do. So defining our own success and um, yeah, I just love it. All of the different chapters, it almost, it's almost like a step to, you know, a step-by-step process of how to get aligned and unstoppable. So once we've like leaning into, you know, the things that like light us up, but scare us, right. Mm. Um, Where do we go from there? So part two of your book is the deeper work. Once we've like decided, right, you know, like for example, um, with me, when I, when I had my kind of like download to create a food brand, my, um, you know, my, my first reaction was, oh, well, you know, no one's going to buy that from me. No one's going to take me seriously. And I had to pluck up the courage to tell three very trusted friends what my plans were. And if any of them, like I literally had to pluck up courage. It took me like half a cup of coffee to actually dare say what I was thinking of doing. And if any of those friends had said, yeah, right. Who do you think you are? That'll never work. I would never would have done it. But luckily those three very wisely chosen friends said, oh my God, you've got to do this. You'll nail that. It would be amazing. And thanks to them that I actually, you know, plucked up the courage to, to start, to get started. But for most of us, our worst inner critic is already living in our head. Like some of us don't even get to the stage of telling our best friend over a coffee, what our, you know, big audacious goal is or our big, you know, vision or our big dream. So what, what sort of deeper work can we do to, just face the fear and bloody give it a good old go anyway. Yeah, I think you you nailed it on the head yourself when you said um, three wisely chosen friends. So I think that's like one of the first things. Is you you actually probably not probably you definitely subconsciously chose the right friends to talk with to it. You know, talk to about the idea and the project. So I think that's one thing we have to try and do is a to not be nervous and scared and worried about what people will think of us because. Um, as I say in my, my first book is called You Are Enough and it's all about not comparing yourself to other people and feeling really confident with who you are. And I say you're, it's, it's often your perception of other people's perception of you. Like it's what you've made up in your mind about how they're going to react to you. And I know, so I've done so, I've pivoted in my life so many times. I left I left school rather, like I finished school and I went to study university and I was studying journalism, wasn't so keen on uni. So I left to study makeup. I did that for several years and I loved what I was doing. And then I moved into nutrition. Then I added on naturopathy, then kinesiology, then writing, then business coaching. And my business has continued to shift and pivot. And this deeper work that we have to do, there are so many there are so many levels and so many ways we can do it. And I think one of the first ones, one of the first ways that we have to do it is to know that 
even if you're worried that people might judge you or not understand what you're doing, that is absolutely never a reason for you to not do it. Because as we said before, you, you're the only person who can be that beautiful, unique expression of you and ha- you know, take those steps forward for the evolution and growth of you, you as a person and you on a deep soul level. And if you hold yourself back because you're worried of someone else's opinion of you you're just living your life for someone else and often we often it's these nameless faceless people in a crowd like I'll speak to my clients who are nervous about doing something or showing up or you know offering something new in their in their business or on their in the, on their life path and they'll say I'm just worried that people will think that it's xyz and often when I say who is it like do you have a specific person in mind they're like no maybe it's just mm-hmm. old school friends who follow me and I'm like but that's not important like you you cannot hold yourself back because of your perception of other people's perceptions of you and I talk I talk in the book about how we often think that we are a fraud and we often and when I started my my naturopathy business I my first client or my second client I remember she had a very complex health condition and I was petrified that she would ask me a question and I would not know the answer. And it happened. And guess what? The sky didn't fall. <laughs> I said to her, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to note that down. I'm going to do some research and I'm going to get back to you in between our next, now and our next session. And my initial fear was that she was going to think I was some, you know, I don't know, someone selling like snake oil, some charlatan who didn't know what she was talking about. But it opposite she actually was so appreciative because how often do you go to a health professional and they're dismissive or they speak quickly or they want to rush you out here I was spending extra time outside of her session you know finding answers for her getting back to her and it was the best example to me of the fact that real and this is going to sound like such an oxymoron but um real fraudsters do not think of themselves as fraudsters like they're not even worried about being seen as a fake because that's, they just are a fraud and they own it. So if you're worried about being seen as a fake or a fraud, I think that is the biggest uh, signpost to direct you in the opposite direction to say, actually, you are not a fake or a fraud. All you are is someone who deeply cares about helping others and you want to show up in your best light, which is a natural and a normal way to want to be seen. But to do that and to get there, you have to reclaim a deep sense, or not even a deep sense, but a sense of your own agency, a sense of your own power. You have to know that you are the only one who can, in air quotes, qualify yourself. Like you can do, you can have 10, you know, uh, PhDs, but if you don't think of yourself as someone who knows what they're talking about or who knows enough, you know, knowing that you can always learn more. But if you don't qualify yourself, no amount of, certificates or awards or degrees or you know letters after your name will ever do that for you it has to be something that comes from within that is gold and how many people do we know who just keep going back to uni or doing the next course and the next course like they're like eternal students like and then now they're in their 40s and they never started that business that they were going to start because they just felt like they just needed that one extra qualification to make them feel that they were enough so they could show up and not be a fraud. But the reality is, I think with fear, is just normalizing the unnormal. So like, you know, when you start off as anything, like you starting off as a naturopath and a nutritionist, it's like, well, 
that you're not used to that. So it feels, you feel like, oh my goodness, what a fraud. Yesterday I wasn't one and today I am. And it's the same as me when I was health coach. And I was like, oh, I'm to feel like such a fake. And, and, you know, the same when I first did my market stall, I sold, you know, incognito on Facebook for a while first because I didn't feel like I dared turn up and have a market stall because who was I without any qualifications in the food industry, you know, to, to show up and do it. But once you've been there and you've turned up week after week after week and you get known as that person who does that thing, then you do become, you do qualify yourself as it. And you, it, I love that. You really do qualify yourself. It's not something that someone can just tag to the end of your name. You need to move into that role and, and to own it yourself. And the other thing that I love there, Cassie, that I just want to pick upon that you said was um, how the, the people that w- we matter are, we care the most about what they're going to think are like those random school friends, school friends, yeah. school followers on Facebook, even though most of us will probably think, well, you know, I'm, I know my mom and dad will still love me and my husband's going to love me, whatever happens. Yeah. And the dog will still love me. But what about, you know, what Lizzie thinks, even though I haven't seen her since 1985, you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's so ridiculous. And I think it's great that you've brought that up because, a lot of people will relate to that and then we can just kind of laugh at that one. You know, when that shows up, we're like, oh yeah, there's that. I knew that would come. It's not just me. I know this happens to, um, to other people. So that's, that one's gold. I love that one. And you can also, if that, sometimes it can help too. You might kind of name, as you said, like name someone who you're worried about what they're thinking about and write them. You don't have to send this at all, but write them a letter as a way to kind of clear some of that stress that you're holding on to. So you might say, dear Lizzie, who I haven't seen since 1985, I'm so worried you're going to think my organic veggie patch is a sham. (laughs) And just like write a letter, all your fears and worries out. And then you might burn the letter. You might, you know, just chuck it in the trash, but you'll feel energetically so much lighter and clearer because you'll see that Lizzie from 1985 probably thinks what you're doing is amazing. She probably wants to know mm-hmm. how to make your at home. And it just, you can see how it's just your mind playing tricks and it's not the truth. That is so true. It's so true. Lizzie from 1985 probably wants to send you a DM, but she didn't because. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny. So you, you've got a chapter in the deeper work that's called Acknowledging the Roller Coaster. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So, I mean, the, the life is a bit of a roller coaster, right? Mm. Um, and I know if and when we are, we feel like we're on what I call in in, in the chapter a creative uh, path, um, which is I believe any any path where you really believe that you are creating something, at, you know, out of your life or taking steps that maybe you, not everyone would take or following your heart we can really feel like we're on a bit of a roller coaster. So something really good happens. So if we're going to have, um, I don't know, let's run with the veggie patch scenario still. We plant, and I'm not a gardener, so please, like any mistakes on my own. <laughs> we plant everything. Um, and then, you know, one season or whatever, everything comes out so beautifully and we have dinner parties and we have all these beautiful veggies on our table in the kitchen. And that we're, we're feeling high on what we've created. And we're like, well, this has happened because, you know, I put so much work in and I showed up and I'm so excited. And then, you know, maybe we do the exact same thing the next season or the next year, but it all just kind of goes downhill and it doesn't work out the way we think. Or 
we have the best intention of doing it, but then we end up having to travel over, you know, a key season of planting. And so it just doesn't work. And then we start to think that this has gone bad because it's our fault. We don't deserve it. We don't know enough. It's kind of everything we have been speaking of today. You know, so-and-so's garden is doing better and she also wasn't here for the right planting season. And like, it can just go on and on and on and on and on. And I have found that to be immensely true when I am running, you know, with running my business. So I'll have a good, something good will happen. And I'm like, oh, I feel so high on everything. You know, I feel so excited. I feel so on track. I feel so aligned. I'm so, you know, I'm doing my purposeful soul-based work and then something will happen and I feel like I have just, you know, there's the crushing downs that really feel like they are just crushing you. And I really think that, you know, while we don't want to just be cruising on a flat, you know, going flat the whole way, some ups and some downs and indeed, many ups and many downs are so important and we can learn so much from them. I think that when we start to feel like um, the downs are our fault or the downs are happening because we, you know, we start to compare, we start to get stuck in com- um, comparison and fear and mindset blocks, I think that's really when it can start to hamper uh, or hinder our progress and our mindset work. And Albert Einstein is known to have said, no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. And I'm sure you've had the experience where you're doing something or you're trying to solve a problem, you know, in your life or in your business, and you feel like you have to spend more and more time on it and like dig at it and like really get to the bottom of it. And you kind of feel like you're fighting and forcing. And what I found is that constant kind of digging at things when you feel like, you can't find the solution actually can make us feel so much further away from feeling aligned, feeling clear, feeling purposeful. And so what's really important there is to actually take a really big step back. So, you know, for me within my work, it might have been that I changed my mindset. I had, I I let myself find a different perspective by taking some time away from my work, by letting myself go easier on myself, by letting myself see my work as an experiment instead of putting so much pressure on myself for everything to be perfect and to go a certain way um, and to really keep allowing myself to tune into what's making me feel stuck to what I might be trying to control. I'm a, I call myself a recovering perfectionist and I like to zoom ahead a lot. Um, I can be a really big warrior and so trying to and that's warrior with an o as well as warrior with an a but trying to control and to and to to control things that aren't working so well is another way that we can get really stuck on that roller coaster so i think you have to come back to yourself know that you can pivot and change and course correct when you need to and let yourself just be lighter about everything because um it just allows the ups to feel a little bit more you know, you can still feel really buoyed up by everything without thinking, like feeling deeply attached to your work. So that if things, you know, are things that are happening in your life, so if something goes really well, you can witness that and experience the joy. And if something doesn't go to plan, you can take a step back and say, that's okay. You know, remember that quote from Marcus Aurelius, what is meant for me will not pass me. You know, I, what is fated for me will come my way and step back into flow, step back into trust and continue to do that beautiful work that lights you up, even if there's resistance and even if there's fear. Yes, and I I often find that being of service can be our greatest medicine for working through those sorts of, um, yeah, and it's kind of like a a form of overwhelm and the greatest antidote to overwhelm is action, so just to show up and and take action. and, And I don't mean by sitting at a desk for 16 hours a day and, 
you know, trying to work it all out in your brain. And I'm going to sort of jump ahead a little bit to part four of your book, The Quiet Work, um, mm. and where we talk about, where you talk about um, boundaries. Yay. One of my favorite topics and brain yes. holidays and burnout. So talk to me about those three B's. So, so a few years into running my business, I was doing all the things. I was studying my master's in human nutrition because I thought, as we spoke before, I thought that I needed it to, to be taken seriously with my clients, even though I had a beautiful business that was full of lovely clients. So I ended up not finishing the master's and getting early exit um, and attaining a certificate in that instead. But I was doing that. I was studying kinesiology. I was running my business. I was creating e-courses and e-books. I was speaking at corporate events for the first time. My husband and I had just gotten married and gotten a puppy. And, mm. and there was just a lot. There was a lot. And I started to get heart palpitations. And I would get into bed at night and they, my heart would just start like hammering away, but then pause and like skip a beat. And it was quite terrifying. And the worst thing you can do in your heart is skipping beats is to put your fingers on your pulse and try and track your heart rate because it just makes you worse. And I ended up having to go and see a cardiologist and I had a 24 hour halter monitor put on. And of course my heart behaved perfectly when it was under, you know, being recorded for 24 hours. But I realized that there was nothing physically wrong with my heart except uh, for the burnout that I was creating. And energetically I was just giving and giving and giving Oh, and I was also writing articles for, for a lot of media and magazines. And so I was giving and giving and giving, and I had to pull back. So I started to work less in the day. So I would go to midday yoga and then have a long lunch break and then do a little bit of work in the afternoon. I started to um, up and increase and kind of tweak the herbal medicine formula I was on um, that I, I was making it myself, but I, was, I just decided to go a little bit deeper with the herbs I was giving myself. I started to say no to people. So I crafted an email to that I would send to, to journalists because sometimes I'd get an email saying, hey, we'd love you to write an article on, you know, your five top superfoods. Can we have it in an hour? And I used to say, yes, no worries. And I would like put everything to the side to get that out. And I started to reply and I said, I'm really sorry, I can't. I can get it to you in three to five days. If you need it sooner, you try this person or this person or this person. And I also, this is when my work started to, um, to pivot and shift. And so I started to not want to write about food the way I had been. I wanted to write about energy and alignment and self-love and self-care and perfectionism. And so I would give them a list of articles that I would love to write for them. I slowly and gently let them know that I wasn't writing about food anymore. And I would send off that email. And I would feel so good because I had said no many times in the email, but with love every time and I'd given them alternate suggestions and options. And it helped me uh, to feel really aligned still with what I was doing without feeling burnt out. Plus I was uh, sending all these articles to these friends of mine, naturopaths and nutritionists who were so keen to write those articles on kale and almond milk and superfoods. And it was building their media profile with what they wanted to be known for. And I was starting to build my profile with what I wanted to be known for. And it's just such a beautiful example that I, I still go back to often because saying yes, when you're feeling burnt out and doing too much, you, you can feel, you know, we talk often about it being a badge of honor, being busy. Um, and it can feel really hard to, to rein it in, but 
I, I, there's a quote, forgive me for quoting myself, but from a line in Unstoppable where I say, um, you know, and I'm paraphrasing myself here, but don't, don't worry about um, falling off the wagon. You have to trust that by slowing down, you're actually feeding the horse that pulls it. Mm, and we think that slowing down stop. Yeah, but it doesn't. It actually fuels and feeds us. And I think everyone has their own way that their own boundaries are, I want to say pushed, but, you know, they say, our, you know, our boundaries teach others about how to treat us. And if you do feel like you're being triggered by other people because of a lack of boundaries, it, it's always going to come down to you to tighten that up. That's so true. It's so true. And, and you are the only one who can set your boundaries. Um, I used to have a, a really, I used to get triggered a lot around, um, you know, communication, you know, like I've come from the, you know, brought up in the seventies and eighties where nobody used to make a phone call after six o'clock at night, you know, unless yeah. someone had died. And like now we're in this like 24, seven, 365 days a year, um, communication. And that used to just make me feel like I could never switch off, you know, especially if you're running your own business. And I'd think, right, we're going for a family holiday. And I'd put a note out and say, I'm going on holiday. And then you'd get loads of emails come through saying, and I'm not sorry to bother you when you're on holiday, but <laughs> something like acknowledged it. And then still sent you an email. And I used to get so cross at that until I realized, well, it's my boundary to not reply. You know, it's up to me to say, right, well, I'm on holiday. I will reply to that when I'm back from my holidays and just to take the boundaries into your own hands. And I also find that the more burnt out you get, the tighter a grip you have on everything. Do you find that as well, yeah. Cassie? You're like, you have a tighter grip and you're like, oh, I'll just do it, I'll just do it. And then you just get to be the most resentful person in the world and nobody, I think you say this in your book, nobody wants to see the you know the world doesn't deserve to see the burnt out and exhausted version of you right nobody wants that you might as well show up as the best version of you so talk to me about brain holidays how do we get a brain holiday so it's it's kind of what you said there where you might turn on your email auto reply and I, i i love crafting an auto reply that and i change it often so a few years ago my husband nick and i went to um, this long-awaited European holiday for a month. And I, I spent like weeks crafting this auto-reply because I was so excited to send it, like for, for people to receive it. And so it went something like, you know, hey, thanks for your email. Thanks for getting in touch. If you're getting this, it means that I am in, you know, Italy or Greece and I'm full of like pizza or pasta, whatever I said. And I made it funny um, and and I basically was like, this is what I'm doing. Your email is still really important to me, but I won't be able to get back to you until I get home. And I did not, I mean, unless something was, you know, I checked my email every few days, but unless something was urgent, urgent, I really just left it and nothing was really urgent. I probably sent one reply to someone. And when I was writing my books, um, I, I've changed the order reply around that. So for each book, I'll say, you know, I'm writing a book, it's going to change the way you think about your self-confidence or so it's all good. I said, it's going to change the way you think about um, how to reconnect with your power and, you know, trust and flow and surrender to the bigger plan. I can't wait for you to read it. And because of that, I'm not going to reply to my email or I'm not going to check my email 7,442 times a day. Like I try to make it so that I'm not just, you know, there's a bit of a story behind why I'm not getting in touch with you, but I think it's so important, as you said, to give yourself time and permission to switch off because we are in such a 24-7 on world. And 
I know like I've, you know, it's when I had my baby, I was so amazing. I could pat myself on the back for how easily and beautifully I switched off because I could tell how precious that time was and is. And I have no regrets about how I just completely switched off to, to the outside world for months. And I barely wrote an Instagram post and I turned, you know, my business was set to automate a few things and I just took a step back. But as I get back into working more and more now that she's one, I find myself sometimes looking down the barrel, not the barrel, that sounds negative, but seeing a nap time and being like, I could do this and this and this and this and this and this, and this. or I could make a cup of tea and go and read a book on, on the couch. And one of those is better than the other (laughs) in so many ways. Um, And so I have to, there's an internal discussion. I won't call it a battle, but a discussion going on every day within me of how I can create that space so that my brain can have a reset and I can re-energize and recharge myself without going on a one month long trip to Italy and Greece. Mm -hmm. But, you know, five or 10 minutes in the day. So, you know, I might end up doing the first bit of time of her nap, I'll do some work. And then I make sure I make a cup of tea and I spend the last half of her nap resting and restoring or doing some yoga. And I don't win at that every day, but I do my best to give myself time to switch off. And, you know, as we've said so many times in so many different ways today, you have to be the one to, you have to give yourself permission to have that time to recharge and to switch off because no one else would do it for you. And, Staying connected 24-7 is so unhealthy for us in so many ways. It's so true. It's so true. I love that. I love that you've shared that because it just gives so many other listeners permission to do the same. And I think that's what we're, we're all seeking. It's like, oh, she did it. That means it's okay for me to do it. And, <laughs> and also, you know, like everything doesn't – I love, really love that what's meant for you won't pass you by because that means that when you do – you know, want to take a break from whatever your passion project is, whether it's your organic veggie garden or whether it's business or building your dream home or advancing in your career, whatever it is. Um, it just means that you can take those breaks and the world's not going to come to an end. In fact, I find, and I know this, um, Richard Branson gave me permission, not directly, personally, um, (laughs) but Richard Branson gave me permission because he said he very rarely sits at a desk or behind a laptop. He gets most of his business ideas from, you know, taking brain holidays and going and doing completely different things. And I think that we all can do that in our everyday life, whether it's a walk in the forest or a walk on the beach, especially getting out in nature can just be the most restorative way to kind of like think, whatever it was you were worrying about when you sat at your computer matters not. When you see an amazing um, coastline or like just recently we've had an amazing full moon and beautiful autumn sunrises and sunsets and you're just like, what was that thing I was worrying about again? Because it just all seems to make sense now. And I think it's when you have those moments, that's when you get your deepest, best ideas and the courage and the um, inspiration to think, you know what, I'm going to do it and then create the action steps to to go forward from there, which is... So true. 
I think you also then you, you reconnect with that joy and that helps you reconnect to that abundant mindset. And then you actually step back into flow and then things can flow to you without you feeling like you're constantly hustling and forcing. Uh, and I think that stepping back into that joy and that flow from that state of gratitude, as you said, from, you know, just watching the full moon and or going for a walk or even sometimes just sounds funny, but like putting laundry away, just giving yourself that space to do something that where your brain can work on solutions in the background without you stressing out about them can be really powerful. I agree. I love folding laundry. <laughs> I find it so therapeutic. <laughs> it's so therapeutic. And, you, you're like, you, and if you're in a rush, it's really annoying. But if you're just like, right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fold this, you know, this basket of towels and put them away. And yeah. you really do. I love folding towels more than clothes. I don't know why. I think it's neat and it's yeah. much more. So I'm not very, I'm not a very neat folder, but I still get a good dopamine hit from doing it. So that's, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Now I'm going to jump back. Um, and this is my final question about the book. Um, in jumping back into the creative work, which is part three of Aligned and Unstoppable, but it's a, it's a chapter that chapter 27, it really piques my interest. It's called Create mm. to Heal. Can you tell me about that? Yes. So I, I write this chapter a little bit more from the lens of as a write, like being a writer, but with the scope for you to create anything that calls to you to help you heal from something that you need healing from. And the example I give in the book is that I've always loved writing, um, and but there was a big period in my twenties where I wasn't, I wasn't really doing much. Maybe I was doing a bit of journaling, but I went through a breakup and I decided to enroll in a creative writing course for no other reason than just for myself, something to do to reconnect with myself, something to do. So I just had something to look forward to that felt really sacred and nurturing and quite insular. And I laugh in the book, how you had to connect with two other writers in your group every week and give feedback. And, and I, it was an online course. And part of me was I was so happy to give feedback, but I also, in a weird way, didn't want to make friends. Like I just wanted to show up, reply to everyone kindly and give my feedback, but then go back into my little insular world where I could just focus on this for myself because I just needed to create that space to do some some creative work and some healing work for myself. And writing and creativity has always been a way that I reconnect, that I heal, that I clear things, that I focus on things, um, that I understand things. And so in the book I talk about, I give lots of examples of how you might create to heal. So, you know, you might, I I say here, I say you can create what you know and what you want to believe. You can paint about what confuses and perplexes you. You can start something that lights you up. You can make something in order to heal or to rise or to go deeper. You can compose what you want to understand more you can create from your heart, from your soul, from your inner garden wisdom, from your highest self. You can produce something about what you've just discovered and what you've always known. You can create what you love first. And I go on and on a little bit. But that to me is what creating to heal means. It's make something that's going to feel really good, that's going to you know, be a, a balm to some kind of wound that you're carrying to heal that wound and to move yourself forward and to help you reflect and gain a different perspective and understand something and shift your mindset and and more and whatever else you need and I think we need more and more of that creating to heal in our really busy lives and world Mm, yes I absolutely agree And, and and like I mentioned before being of service is medicine and so when you express your 
creation and share it with other people. Um, it's sort of a twofold medicine, isn't it? Because you can help other people, but in the process of being of service, it is deep of deep fulfillment to you. Um, and I know that personally for me, my overall health has just skyrocketed and been so it's been such a healing journey for everything, not just, you know, gut health and, um, <laughs> and digestive health, but yeah. right through to some of the, um, you know, long held limiting, um, beliefs I've had around, you know, being a woman in the world and being successful. Um, you know, even having the accent that I've got, I, for a long time, <laughs> well, for a long time, I thought that, you know, you couldn't be anyone in the world if you sounded like this, cause no one would take you seriously, which is just a joke. Like I, I really laugh at it now, but like this time last year, that was a legit, very, very big thing that held me back, you know, and we've all got, we've all got those different things, regardless of how we sound or what color we are or what gender we are, we've all got something that's holding us back. Um, and I think that when you show up and get out there and just do it anyway, um, yeah, it's, it can be deeply, deeply healing. So just to, just to kind of like as, a, as an aside, Cassie, what if we don't um, get aligned and, and we, just, we just get stuck? Like what, what are we missing out on? Well, I think just two things there. I think sometimes before we become aligned, we do often feel really stuck. And that is when you need to really listen to yourself. So you need to tune into yourself. You need to ask yourself, what do I need to do? Like if, if things felt different, what would change in my life? If I took that step forward, what would change? And then what would happen? And then, that, then how would I feel? And then you get to that underlying reason or cause or block or mindset shift that you need to bring in to help you actually take that step to unstick yourself um, and then I think if you don't listen to that, you can become, you know, as we said before, you might feel really resentful. You might continuously feel resentful and look to others and think, oh, it's so much easier for so-and-so because of this scenario in their life or because this happens to them and I'll never get there. And you can, we can create these, these stories of victimhood that start to define our story instead of us saying, that was just a story that, um, that I thought that I thought of, well, that was just a story. So Brene Brown, I think it's rising strong. She talks about how you, you could say to yourself, that was the story I'm making up is. So you could say the story I'm making up is that I, you know, as you said, I can't be successful because of my accent. And you get to see and take a step back and realize, oh wait, just because I thought it doesn't mean it's the truth. It's actually just a story I'm making up. And what can I do about that story? How can I shift it and clear it? Because we all, as we said before, we all have our own version of feeling aligned and unstoppable. And I think if we continuously uh, deny ourselves that, that opportunity to grow, the opportunity to expand, the opportunity to know that there's always room at the top and that the top is every level we reach when we do our best work and when we do uh, the work that lights us up, and when we do back ourselves and follow you know, create our own path forward, even if we feel stuck, even if we feel stuck in victimhood, even if we think so-and-so could do it more easily, then we actually get to continually create that beautiful, our own beautiful version of an aligned life, an aligned business, an aligned career path. And as we said before as well, we get to then feel grateful for that, which aligns us to joy, it aligns us to abundance, it aligns us to flow. And then when we're in that flow, we continually draw that which we really desire towards us. And to quote my lovely mate Marcus Aurelius again, you know, 
it's that idea of love only what falls your way and is fated for you, what could suit you more than that. So becoming aligned and unstoppable helps you to feel even more aligned to what you're calling in and to know that you can show up. You don't have to hustle and stress and burn yourself out, but you have to show up and take action. You have to have that beautiful balance of trusting in something greater than yourself, whatever word you want to use for that, um, but also then taking the action to move yourself forward. Beautiful. Couldn't have said it any better myself. That was just gorgeous. I love it. And I love your book. And I know that a lot of people are going to want to get their hands on it. I've um, very kindly of you been given a copy, which I have started to read. And it is just so easy to read. It's just one of those books where you, you just you just turn the pages. You're like, well, and then what? And then what? And then what? It's really well written. So congratulations to you, Cassie, on a, an amazing book. And congratulations on getting picked up by Hair House. Like, tell us about that. How did you do that? That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, as I said, I've always, always, always loved writing. And I, I, I am one of those authors who always believed that they would write a book one day. I did think it would probably be about horse riding because I used to horse ride my whole life. I thought it'd be like a novel, like The Saddle Club. It is not. Um, but I went to uh, the Hay House Writers Workshop back in 2014. They run them every couple of years. And it's all about, they give you all the insight and information about the publishing journey. Uh, and you can submit a book proposal. So I submitted a proposal and I ended up winning the book deal. So that was my first book, You Are Enough, which came out in 2016. My second book, It's All Good, is all about how to, it's about the power of trusting yourself and trusting your path and learning how to surrender and let go and forgive and integrate and up level so that you can move forward and that came out in 2017 and then Aligned and Unstoppable just came out um, this year, January 2020. So yeah, that's, that is the story in a nutshell. Well done. It's very inspirational to see, you know, somebody going after it and doing it um, and hopefully inspiring to the listeners to just take action on their organic veggie garden or whatever their, yes. <laughs> whatever their personal passion project is. Now, we can find you on Facebook and Instagram at Cassie Mendoza-Jones. We'll put those links in the show notes and your website um, with the same name. Now, if we wanted to buy the book, where's the best place to pick up a copy? So online, Booktopia, and, um, and I mean all other bookshops that have an online you know, a website. Otherwise, in actual physical, real beautiful bookshops. And if your local store doesn't have a copy, they can always order it in for you. And then keep your receipt because I've created a bonus toolkit that is free. So if you head back to my website, um, you'll easily find the book info page and you just pop in your receipt number and you'll receive the Aligned and Unstoppable Workbook a get stuff done audio and an align your energy meditation that all accompany the book beautifully. And so that doesn't matter if you get it online or in store, you just got to keep your receipt number. What? And that sounds awesome. That's so cool. Now completely nothing to do with aligned and unstoppable, but just one of my um, <laughs> questions I ask all of my guests on the primal alternative podcast, but I'd love to know what your personal take is on the three great areas of any kind of healthy, clean living lifestyle, which are, I know you're excited for this question, Cassie, <laughs> chocolate, coffee, and alcohol. So I love them all. 
<laughs> I eat a beautiful, um, I'm not vegan, but I eat a beautiful vegan chocolate every night because my daughter is a little bit, doesn't love dairy when I breastfeed, I still breastfeed her. So I found this beautiful vegan chocolate that's made in Switzerland, which feels very fancy. I have a square or two every night. I love coffee. I have a coffee every morning. Um, I, when I was pregnant, could not even stand the thought of a hot drink, like not even hot water. So that's the only time in my life I've ever really not had coffee. And I love a glass of red wine. I really love a glass of red wine. I don't drink that much now. Just being pregnant, you know, as you are for so many months and then breastfeeding, I don't, I probably have a glass or two a month, but pre baby, I would have one or two glasses a week. Um, and and yeah, I don't really drink to get drunk. I just drink to enjoy wine with food and friends and yeah. So I love all of them. <laughs> Big chick for me in, in moderation. And also I think if you're doing it from a healthy space, you know, like you'll know if you're doing something and it feels like the unhealthy expression of, of, of you versus if you feel good about how you're consuming something. Do you know what, that, that you've described that so well and having you know, asked so many guests this question, it really is a case of whether these, you know, it's not so much the, the, what the substance is, you know, whether it's chocolate or it's coffee, it's how it's used and what it's used for with what, with what intention. So if you're having a coffee every morning because you love coffee, love the ritual of it, you're having the best um, sourced version of what works for you, whatever that is, and you're savoring it, enjoying it, and it's just like, oh my goodness, it's such a joy to be alive versus oh my God, I'm exhausted. I need another eight coffees to get through to the end of this day. And then, oh my God, thank God that day's over. And now I need a bottle of wine to drown my sorrows. Yes. It's totally different. It's a totally different experience on all sorts of different physical reality, physical and spiritual realities compared to how you've described it. Um, and that just sounds beautiful. So carry on enjoying your chocolate wine and coffee. <laughs> You've been such an awesome guest and I'm, I'm so stoked because I know, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, a lot of my listeners have, you know, they've come to this podcast on a health journey and once you start to heal and, and clean up not just your food, but, you know, your relationships and your household products, um, you really start to just feel a lot more aligned and connected to source and your intuition and you've got a heap more energy and a lot more courage to go out and, um, you know, be unstoppable and do the, and chase your dreams and, and just, you know, do it anyway. So I think that your words today will be super inspiring. I'm going to send you a beautiful gift of some of the Primal Alternative products to you. So I'd love to know what you think of them when you get your package, Cassie. But Thank you so much for your time today and I wish you all the best with the book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really loved chatting to you. And I also just need to shout out to my dog, Miso, for not barking once. You didn't bark at all. Yeah, you, you <laughs> gave me a pre-warning, no barking. Well done, Miso. <laughs> yeah, he's been so good. Um, but no, thank you so much for having me and I can't wait to try my goodie. Well, probably my hubby will make them and then I will try them. <laughs> But thank you so much for having me and for reading the book and for sharing it with your people. Yes, absolutely. It's been a joy to have you, Cassie. Let's keep in touch. Yes, please. See you. Bye. 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 
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.